Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. My name is Chris. I am your host. Sorry for the delay, first and foremost. Uh, there is a reason. There's a damn good reason. Is there a damn good reason? Yeah, there is really. Uh, schedules have been a little bit tricky this week, but also we um, we kind of sat back and, and watched the uh, Champions League action in particular this week and thought to ourselves, do you know what? We should probably focus on that a little bit heavier this week. So we wanted to wait and see if there was better news to come from the Europa League. And, you know, there kind of was. So we'll come back to that. Uh, I'm joined today by just one, just one other team. Uh, afternoon to you, Jess. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, thanks. I think the delay was that we thought we wouldn't record until the election, the American election result came out. That would have been far better. Why didn't you tell me that before? The, the, the listeners would never have guessed then. But yes, you're absolutely right. Um, there hasn't been an announcement yet, has there? To, to no, my knowledge? Still not. Still not. So there you go. This time next week, Rich will be American president. You heard it here first. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into things then. So um, we, we want to focus on the European uh, sort of um, misdemeanors and such such like mostly this week in terms of French football. Jazz. So we're we're going to sort of come back to the results from last week from the again at the end of the pod. So let's go into Europe. We can only really start one at one particular spot, I suppose. Um, PSG fans, Marseille fans, you might want to turn off now. We'll, we'll start with PSG. They succumbed to a 2 1 defeat in Leipzig. Oh, yeah, I watched the full 90 minutes, as I'm sure you did. Um, I mean, where do we begin? Do we begin with the fact that Tuchel is playing two players in the wrong positions uh, with no good reason? Do we go back to the Leonardo issue? Do we give PSG a little bit of a pass given the fact that they have so many injuries? Um, or do we focus on the fact that basically they were an absolute disgrace, uh, Presnel Kimpembe in particular, ever since basically Di Maria missed the penalty? It just went off the rails. What What is going on? Yeah, I think it's, it's probably a little bit of all of the above. Um, I don't give them that much of a pass. I know they've got some very important injuries, but they still started with 11 internationals. And, you know, with the money that they've got, football even in a non-covid year is intense if you're sort of looking at domestic trebles and going deep in the champions league every year you need a big squad a quality squad and so the fact that psg have not got that is entirely their problem so yeah i'm not getting any violins out for that um in terms of the match itself <clears throat> oh yeah less i mean Tuchel. I think I feel like a broken record because I feel like we we said the same things after the the, the last couple of results. Even the um, Shakhtar win was a, was a little bit sketchy. Um, he's it always happens when you know that a coach is being undermined from above, and you know he's probably going to leave in the summer at the latest. Um, particularly, you know when when they announce they're going to leave. I th I still think it's wrong. I still think. Footballers are paid professionals and they, they should be, you know, playing 100%, whoever the coach is, whatever the situation. But it always happens that there's a drop off. And so the fact that I think Tuchel seems to be a dead man walking, um, I think is probably affecting performances. Um, the Danilo Marquinhos thing, I mean, you can criticise some of Tuchel's choices, substitution, things like that. Um, you know, I think probably it's fair to say a lot of them are personal choice. And yes, because of all the injuries, he's limited to an extent in what he's going to do with the team. 
But the Danilo Marquinhos thing does seem to be purely to wind Leonardo up and make a point about the fact that he wanted to bring in another centre-back and wasn't allowed to. Um, <clears throat> and it obviously doubly affects the, the team because you, you're weakening your defence and you're weakening your midfield. Um, so, yeah, no excuses there. In terms of the match itself, I mean, yeah, it kind of started positively. The, the problem is, you know... we keep saying PSG rarely play as a team. There isn't any kind of collective um, direction there, but they've got a lot of very good in, in individuals that can cover out, cover a multitude of sins. The two biggest individuals weren't there and probably not coincidentally, actually for certainly the first quarter of the match, PSG played as a team, probably better than they have done for a while. And as you said, that penalty sort of changes everything. He scores that they're probably going to relax. They're probably going to be a lot more comfortable. Um, instead, it, it gives Leipzig a boost. And as the match went on, PSG sort of collapsed and Leipzig grew stronger. And in the end, it was it was a deserved win. PSG did very little in the second half. So uh, it's just simply not good enough. But I really genuinely keep saying it, not entirely surprising either, because I still think that run last year was very very flattering i still think for the most part it's a very average team and squad and you know he made a fantastic save near the start but god, even in the league i mean god knows where psg would be at the moment if it wasn't for navas yeah um yeah as for the the sendings off but by, by the way just i actually thought both of the gay ones were a little bit harsh. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And the Kimpembe one, the second one, you know, he probably saved PSG from conceding another goal, which may be important in the long run. So actually, I'm not furious with him about that one. But the first one was pathetic. Mm. The, the thing that just just quickly while we're on that subject, the thing that the thing that really pisses me off, I'll just be straight as that with Kimpembe is I, I think there's a really good defender in there. I, I think, he, you know, he's he's a modern day uh, specimen in terms of, of athletic style. And, and the, you know, I, I think he's quite graceful. He's decent on the ball. I think for me, what annoyed me most with that challenge was having played uh, sort of low level myself, is it, it smacked of uh, arrogance and it smacked of, of a player who'd just given up and was just frustrated and was just lashing out. And, and I feel like, Almost his attitude, like, again, I don't know him personally, but it just kind of made me annoyed for PSG as a, as a club because it just epitomises, again, it's, I'll just use that word, it just smacked of arrogance and it just seemed, and, and the way he in particular seems to carry himself off the pitch as if he's made it, he started the season so well and I thought, finally, right, we're going to see a leader develop here. We're going to see a player who's going to step out of Thiago Silva's shadow. And I just I feel like he's gone backwards. And, and obviously it doesn't help when you're playing a, a CDM out of position. And don't get me wrong, I actually thought Danilo did a, a pretty good job in that game. I don't think he was bad, but he's a central midfielder. And even in the interviews afterwards, I think he came out and said, I'll play there because it's what I'm told to do, but I'm a central midfielder. And Marquinhos is one of the best centre-backs in the world. So why play him in holding midfield? He can do a job, yeah. But, you know, I think I think you and I could do a job in PSG's midfield at the moment. Where, where do we go in terms of Tuchel? Because um, 
we, we've mentioned the two main candidates, Allegri and, and Pochettino seem to be, you know, still available and waiting in the wings. How how long does this go for, for Leonardo and, and for PSG, do, do you think? is is Are we talking one defeat away domestically or are we talking not qualifying from the group stages? Where do you think that, that goes? Because it's not going to end well, is it? I mean, normally I'd say not one defeat domestically away, but international breaks are quite a good time to... Yeah, the house in order. You get like you know an extra week to, to sort things out. Um, I I think you'll stay until they're out of Champions League. I, th- I think if they don't qualify out of the group, and you know they still should, and and Pashaka here did you, did them a favour by by still making even first place up for grabs. I think if they don't get out of the group, he'll be gone. Otherwise, I think they'll tolerate him until the end of the season. Um, you know, even with with their all their their riches. Like everyone else, they're slightly restrained by by everything that's gone on this year, and it would cost them a lot to get rid of him mm. before the end of his contract. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean he's so undermined. He's, I think, so obviously not going to be there next year. Generally, the players seem to talk well about him, and you know, with the characters at PSG and all the soap opera that goes on, you'd think there'd be more criticism of him. Mm. Um, but yeah, Danilo didn't do him any favours the other day. <laughs> no, um, kind of threw him under the bus a bit, didn't he? But yeah, as you said, there's two very obvious candidates and there's going to probably be a couple of other big clubs that will still be looking for coaches soon. Um, and I've seen people say, isn't it interesting how Pochettino's made a few TV appearances recently? That's probably not yeah. a coincidence. No. So, you know, they, they might want to act sooner rather than later, even if it's not to immediately replace Tuchel, at least to know for sure he's going to be replacing him in the summer. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, by the way, on that Pochettino thing. I don't think it's any coincidence that he suddenly popped up on British TV the other night and, and the fact that his name's been banded around a bit, it, it definitely strikes me as a um, on-the-charm offensive uh, and, and just reminding people gently that he's out there and available, I would suggest. Exactly. Um, but, I, you know, I still think that um, the, the problems go a lot deeper than, than the coach. And whoever the coach is, they're going to have to be insistent that they call the shots. And yeah. that means um, you know, no Leonardo prancing around, um, only looking in Italy for players, and no spoiled failed tennis player even higher up being starstruck and then they'll do whatever he wants whenever he wants yeah yeah um, but yeah I, I, i've said it before i really think that the whole squad needs gutting and i think you know that they can afford maybe well they'd still qualify for champions league anyway let's face it but yeah you know a year maybe of not doing so well domestically and not competing for champions league just to really get their house in order but i don't i don't think it's going to happen i can't see it happening no no i, I don't either I, I completely agree and uh and once again i sort of found myself it's actually quite nice not being on twitter because i didn't have to deal with all the trolls going oh pfg have a good french football that's quite nice to not have to deal with that for a change but it was kind of embarrassing and um, which kind of leads I'm to nice Pembe, by the way i agree like, I, I think for the last couple of years i've thought he he won the world cup much too early Mm, very very bad for him but Mm. this year I think he's been excellent and actually this match was quite out of character for him based on this season 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. And again, again, it, it comes from it, my criticism comes from a good place. I, I want him to be good because, I mean, it's not like France is short centre halves, but I, I want to have another world class centre half in their disposal. And, and you know, he's quite a likable character when he's on his game. But at the moment, not not great. Um, leads us nicely onto Marseille, who I believe I'm, I'm not a stats man directly, but I believe there's some sort of record they're on the cusp of now in, in terms of their performance in Europe. They were humbled once again this week. Um, what, what, do you, what do you make of their situation either? Because, I, I, again, were they a club that came into the Champions League probably a bit too early? Because, I mean, it's almost like at the point now where is there really any point in, in them being in the Champions League at this stage because they're just getting embarrassed. And, and again, it was a woeful performance. It didn't strike me as any sort of character in it. They did miss a penalty, Payet and all of his hair. Interesting look that. Um, just didn't look fussed. And they lost 3-0 in Porto. And, and it just, again, smacked me of a, a limp and a bit gutless performance. What, what did you make of that? Yeah. <laughs> um, again, I mean, kind of a lot of what I've said before, I think. I don't know if it's too early or just... It's not fair to say they're out of place there because they earned their place. I mean, you can argue they kind of didn't because there was still a course with the season to go. But I think even if they'd slip one place, I don't think they were going to fall out of the top three. So mm-hmm. they, they definitely earned their place in the Champions League. And it's all to villas Barras credit and the players last year that they managed to qualify for it because the bottom line is they're not a Champions League team. They're nowhere near good enough. And the the sad thing is, you know, they they played Porto. It's not a vintage Porto. Portugal were one of those teams that are sort of vying with with France for the fifth or sixth UEFA. Um, I can't think of the word, but you know, the the placing or the order. Of, yeah. And they were just completely humiliated. And as you said, look, if you know, if it's just a question of quality. That's one thing. But the one thing that you expect, and this is what all the Marseille fans and, you know, the, the high profile Marseille pundits from like Eric Dimeco, who went, who went really went off on one lot on live TV or um, René Malville, who's like one of these kind of celebrity fans. And he's he does a thing called La Minute de René, where after every match, he'll just uh, sort of do a quick review of the match. And it's really worth watching when Marseille win, but absolutely hilarious when they lose. Mm-hmm. Um, that what they were absolutely furious about is, you know, you're representing a city, Marseille, the, the city, you know, the team is the pride of the city. The, the two things are kind of interrelated. Um, you play for the shirt. And they didn't even look to be doing that. And there wasn't, you know, the Lekip's, Match ratings were were horrific. I think one player got four, everyone else was twos and threes. And the least you expect is to put in an effort to to go down fighting. I mean, if you I know we sort of discussed this before about Ren and you know even in the league. I think when we were talking about uh, Dijon and Angers when they play PSG, if you're if you think you're going to lose anyway just at least do it with a bit of panache, especially, you know, that is the kind of thing that French people, French fans like. And they just, it was just a complete whimper. And Marseille fans, are, you know, they're all about, we're Marseille, we're, we're such a big team, even when, you know, most of the evidence the last few years has been to the contrary. Um, 
So you can understand why they're why they're furious about about this. And it's, yeah, it's not good enough. It's embarrassing for France. It's embarrassing for Marseille, the city, and the fans. And you know, you can go through each player and possibly find reasons why. You know, Mondondo is a bit like Navas. It's almost like he's he's a one man show at the moment. A lot of the players simply aren't good enough. Um, Tovat. I've always thought is is slightly overrated, and Payet just absolute disgrace. Um, yeah, what's he even doing on a football pitch at the moment? He should either be in a hairdresser or in a Weight Watchers, but he does not. He should not be on that pitch. No, um, he's such a big mouth and making all the all the noise after the PSG match and all that kind of thing. You can't do that without um, backing it up. Backing up, yeah, exactly. Uh, Less so maybe than or differently than PSG. But again, I think the problems are off the pitch as well. Um, obviously, they do have money problems, so they couldn't strengthen what was already a thin squad last year. So there's mitigating circumstances there. But, you know, giving Payet a deal for life and calling him, you know, a Marseille for life, if there's one player that you shouldn't put in that kind of comfortable position where he's not <laughs> playing for anything it's Payet it was such a silly thing to do I think yeah. and you know the only thing the only consolation is we got another fantastic quote from Villas Boas yeah. you know, to, to be shit in the Champions League you have to qualify for the Champions League so at least we've qualified and now we're there we're shit yeah <laughs> I did like that because it's just refreshing honesty that you don't really get from from modern day uh, football managers and, and coaches and I, I do think he's he's a very good coach but he's he's kind of working with one hand tied behind his back and the other hand sort of shoved in his boot it, it, it's not it's, it's not a, a great situation and speaking of squads that probably need blowing up and starting over again yeah I mean that sort of leads me on to them once again but uh yeah, it's not gone well so far for them. The, the one Champions League team that we probably should give, a, I think, a little bit of a benefit of the doubt to is, is Ren. They got they got beaten three 0 by Chelsea, but um, I haven't seen a refereeing performance this bad for a while in terms of big decisions. I get the handball rule is a bit of an ass, and I get it's different in Europe for these games. Obviously, PSG were, were victim of it. I thought a little bit as well, and well, actually, they benefited from it because I wasn't sure that. Handball against Super Meccano was particularly fair. But um, to send off Dalbert as well, and it just killed the game, didn't it? I mean, Chelsea were, were the better side, but I didn't really think they had to do much to win the game. Um, and unfortunately, that puts Ren in a perilous position. Would, would that be fair, in your opinion? Yeah, the, the, even the first penalty, I know they're given 100% of the time now, but... Werner could have avoided the leg if he'd wanted to, but fine. Okay, give that one. I, you know, he wasn't really going heading towards goal. I think even then the yellow card was a bit harsh. The second one, as you said, you know, if the rule is now that if it hits the hand, it's a it's a penalty. Then fine, it's absolutely ridiculous, but fine. But to book him for that was absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. And I know it's a different referee and it's a different match. So, you know, usually when you say you want consistency, you're talking about the same referee in the same match. But how can Kimpembe's not be a yellow card? Yeah, that one is. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Um, and yeah, after that, you're definitely fighting a losing battle. Um, and I thought it was a bit unlucky because I thought Ren sort of settles into the match after the first penalty. And then, you know, once it's 2-0 and a man down, they've got no chance. But again, I mean, 
Vincent Deluc has written another really good editorial today about the French clubs in Europe. And they are still, okay, you can argue about whether France is a footballing nation and all that kind of thing. But the fact is, they should still be doing better than they are. And he said, even, you know, even in the case of Rennes, the kind of attitude where after drawing against Krasnodar in the first match, a lot of people were saying is a decent result. It's yeah, yes, these French players or the French the French club is sort of making its debut in Europe, but they're playing Krasnodar, they're not playing Real Madrid, they're not playing Bayern Munich. Why are they pleased with the? They shouldn't be pleased with the result like that. There has to be a sort of better attitude. And we've said so many times the reason that French clubs fail to perform maybe is because you know a lot of their the players who qualify them then leave, and so it's a different team playing the following year. In these three cases, that's not the case. All three teams have pretty much kept. The, the teams that qualified from them from Europe together. And even if the Ren players are inexperienced in Europe, a lot of them are making their debuts, have some self-respect and, you know, don't congratulate yourselves for a draw against Krasnodar. It's not mm. good enough. Fine, you know, lose with a bit of pride against Seville, which they didn't do, or against Chelsea, which they sort of did and the referee hampered them. But you've got to stop just being satisfied with, only qualifying for Europe. Otherwise, firstly, what's the point of qualifying in the first place? And secondly, if just being there is good enough for you, then you're going into it with the wrong attitudes and you're not going to achieve anything, are you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I completely agree with you. That, that's, that's, you, you, having got there, you want to compete, don't you? There's no point getting there if, if you then don't compete. It, it's just a, a thankless exercise. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. And it does leave, uh, just to give the listeners... By the way, a... sorry, just also, just to wind Rich up, I still <laughs> think if the season had gone to its end, Ren wouldn't have been in the Champions League. That's probably fair as well. Yeah, that is probably fair as well. Um, just and here's a scary form. stat from Vincent Deluc's editorial. If you take away PSG and Lyon, French clubs have gone 26 matches without a win in the Champions League. Yikes. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't make for good reading, does it? It really doesn't make for good reading. Um, speaking of not very good reading, that leaves Ren bottom of Group E on one point. Um, so really, Chelsea and Sevilla on seven, they're fighting for, for Europa League. Uh, Marseille, uh, for me, dead and buried in, in Group C. I mean, well, technically they're not because two wins and they're back up there. But where are they coming from? Who knows? Uh, their bottom three Their last defeats. goal in the Champions League was scored by Suleiman Diara. Diawara, who retired Yikes. in 2015. Five years ago. <laughs> Jesus, nearly six. That speaks volumes. Uh, Manchester City are uh, nine points ahead of them. Porto, six points ahead of them. So, yeah, again, uh, you'd think they're fighting for a Europa spot with Olympiacos at this stage. And uh, and PSG, as you said, that that win for uh, Istanbul and Basraksha here gives them a chance. I mean, that group is tight. Uh, United and Leipzig on six points, PSG and Basraksha here on, on three. But you'd think PSG certainly need to win at least two of their last three games um, to, to be assured. I think they're going to have to beat Leipzig at home. And, uh, and and Istanbul at home and then hopefully take something from Manchester United. But I guess we'll see. Slightly better news in the Europa League in terms of, uh, well, certainly in terms of Lille, uh, who I'll, I'll start with. They played last night and they won 
by three goals to nil in the San Siro. Um, I watched this uh, over watching Arsenal, actually, which uh, is novel, but I just didn't fancy mould. It just didn't really tickle my pickle. And I thought Lille were really good. Um, Yazici is having a wonderful time. It's another hat-trick, back-to-back hat-tricks in Europe for him. And, um, yeah, I just I just thought they were they were fantastic. They, they schooled Milan. Uh, they, they even wound Zlatan up, which, which is no small feat. And and dominated the game in in long periods. Yes, Milan had had some 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 chances and some good possession, but just thought Lille were really well organised. And dare I say it, I'm kind of enjoying watching them under Galtier. Did you did you get much chance to see the highlights of this one or, or the live the live match itself? Um, I only saw the highlights because for reasons we <laughs> need to get into, I spent most of the match standing at a pharmacy in Asda. But... <laughs> say no more. <laughs> but. Um... I, yeah, I mean, they're everything that those other clubs aren't at the moment. And yeah, like I said, I think they would have qualified for the Champions League if the if the season had carried on. And they could have turned around and said, well, you know, don't expect anything from us because we lost our, our you know, free-scoring centre-forward from last year. But they've been excellent this year. I mean, in the league, they've been good as well, just struggling to score, which is weird because they've got a lot of goal scorers there, even if none of them look like they're going to be prolific. There's a lot of goals between them and a lot of creativity. Um, but yeah, the Champions League is clicking. And and you look at Milan, I think it's their first defeat in about 240 days. I mean, obviously, coronavirus, but certainly they're, they're undefeated this season. They're undefeated since the um, return from, from the break. Um, I think it's like 25, 26 matches. So, you know, with this kind of typical French attitude, you'd be thinking, are they going to go to the San Siro, try to scrape a nil-nil, and maybe if they lose one nil, they'll pat themselves on the back and go home. So to really take the game to Milan and and get a win like that, as you said, you know, Milan had chances, but, you know, all the way through the team, Lille plays well, you know, to back to, to Menon, who made a couple of good saves as well. It, it just shows if you play as a team and you play with the right attitude, even if on paper you're not as good as, as the other team, to be fair, you know, like, like Lyon did in those, in those final eight matches last year, then you never know what, what will happen. Yes, you could lose 3-0, but, or you could come out with an amazing result like this. And, you know, all power to them. I think they are playing good, exciting football. We said before how how good it is that Galtier has kind of um, transformed himself from from having a reputation as a sort of dour manager to, to now playing decent attacking stuff. And yeah, all the way through there. the team, there's there's talent. And you know Sanchez is, looks like the player he was always meant to be in midfield. Um, yeah. As you said, yeah, Yazici is sort of making up for for lost time because of that that bad injury he had last year. Um, I think the only thing that seems missing is, is, you know, Jonathan Davis scoring his first goal. You've got Boltman who, who's making Brilliant. Gabriel look like he's, you know, he's barely missed at all. Mm. So it just shows if you're reasonably run in the background, you've got a decent manager and players who've got a positive attitude. It's it's not that difficult. It's not that it's not difficult, but again, it's France. It's okay. It's not a farmers league. It's not the Premier League, but it's not a farmers league. And they, you should be, you should be beating any teams from any of the leagues below you. 
and you should be aspiring to compete properly with those level or above you. Mm-hmm. And when you've got an attitude like Lille, then you've got a chance. When you go into it like Marseille or or Rennes, who are just happy to be there, then you're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought um, took a couple of things there. Galtier, I completely agree. It's not just the fact that Lille are are better, but it's the fact that the Galtier seems to have changed his philosophy and, and style of play, as, as you rightly said. Um, Jonathan David, he's working hard. It was notable towards the end of the game actually, where Barak Yilmaz was through on goal. I think any other time would have shot just on the edge. I say through on guys on the edge of the box and he laid it into David's path. And, and I thought I was on the edge of my seat. I thought, is this the moment? And it got blocked. So unfortunate for him, but he's, he's working hard. And, and I think, I do think it is generally a case of when one goes in, he'll kill comfortably start scoring. Um, the bottom point is excellent. And a word for Renato Sanchez, he was exceptional last night. I mean, he honestly, I'm probably a little bit biased and I, I don't watch all of Milan's games, but the last time I saw a midfielder run, run the uh, Serie A, uh, run the AC Milan team uh, in midfield um, off the pitch, Sas Fabregas did it for Arsenal in, in Milan years and years ago, where he just completely dominated on his own. And and Renato was, was that good last night. He, he just, everything, defensively, offensively, he was he was brilliant and, and a real leader. So long may that continue. Um, leaders is probably something that Nice could do with though. They lost three two in Slavia Prague. Um, you sort of said in messages last night when we were talking that it was embarrassing and it's another dark day for for Nice and, and Patrick Vieira. They were three one down before they got a late consolation, so it could have been worse. Guri and, and Doy scored, but Kukta with two and Simo with the third. It leaves Nice in a pretty rough situation off the back of what seemed to be a turnaround in Liga. What do you make of this one? Um, I think again, just just more of the same. We said the before, theme, Nice are relatively lucky to to qualify for the Champions League. On paper, uh, sorry, for Europe. On paper, I think they should have done comfortably last year, but they only scraped it. And they're not pulling, even with the stronger squads, you know, I talked about some of the others weakening. Nice have got a stronger squad this year and it's still not clicking. And and Guiri, again, I mean, I saw um, a a Lyon tweeter, basically just, he tweeted Guiri, next tweet five seconds later for fuck's sake pretty much <laughs> the french version of that um that he's sort of hiding a lot of problems in that team and and again i mean i i don't like to say it because i like him but i don't i don't think Vieira is showing himself to be a particularly good manager i don't think there seems to be that much spirit within the team and i don't think they're playing um as well as the you know what they on paper, they're a better team than than we're seeing on the pitch. Mm. Um, and as I said, you know, as long as they keep scraping wins, you could say, well, maybe he's doing a very good job because he's sort of doing doing well. You know, the absolute minimum sort of um, preserving energy. Why do you need to win three 0 when a, when scraping a one 0 win will do? Kind of thing. But I do feel like at some point, you know, that it's a fine. He's on a knife edge, and those scrapey wins could easily turn into scrapey defeats and then he's in trouble mm. um so again in a way i feel like it's not a surprise because i just don't think nice are great shakes at the moment and to be fair losing dante is a massive blow 
but at this at the same time they're playing Slavia Prague and you know see everything I said above yeah yeah it's, it's not a, a case of of arrogance when we say that it's just a case of you know they should be beating sides that are of that ilk on their day you would you would think um it, it probably is no there's no way of saying it without sounding a little bit arrogant but it's just the way it is you'd expect them to win those games just like you probably wouldn't expect leo to go to milan and win 3-0 so it works both ways um but yeah it does it does sort of leave nice in a bit of a a bit of a messy spot in terms of <clears throat> excuse me qualification from from that group but i mean it, all is not lost i guess you, you you would probably say there is an opportunity for them to to uh, to come back, but they've they've made hard work of it. Um, just looking at the group now, they've got three points. So Leverkusen and Prague have got six, and Hapoel have got three. So you, again, like PSG, probably going to need to win at least two of those games, you would think. Um, but uh, yeah, not not great as far as they're concerned. Um, but Lille, yeah, go strength from strength to strength. Um, so there you go. We are a little bit pushed for time this week, so forgive us if we're sort of glossing over some things, but um, we will divert things uh, across briefly to France now before we wrap up with the weekend's action. Squad was announced by Deschamps for the upcoming internationals. Any major surprises? Super Meccano and Awar have, have uh, dropped out of the squad. Um, one noticeable striker has been added. What, did, what was your thoughts on that? Um not too many surprises. I mean, as, as Deshaun said in the press conference, you know, with, when he's asked about why Turam are not player and why Zuma are not Upamecano, he, you know, they are blessed in certain positions. You know, why why no fail or Mendy? He said, because there's, there's only a certain number of players I can pick. And, you know, as long as he's not Gareth Southgate picking 13 defenders, um, he's got to sort of spread it around. So, a lot of it comes down to personal preference. I'm surprised he wasn't asked why Sissoko is back in that bloody squad. Like, I just don't, I don't get why we need to keep going back to him. But yeah, generally a good squad. And, and Upamecano and Awa, I don't think neither either of them were hugely impressive in their in the last um, uh, the last international break, but. In both cases, there's the sort of fullback position that um, the under-21s have got a very important qualifier against Switzerland. So, you know, maybe a deal, not a deal was done, but, you know, Deschamps spoke to Ripple and they decided it might be better if they if they dropped down. I think Mpimekano, his match the other day um, against United, kind of summed up his recent form, right? Big mistake, give away the penalty, but apart from that, played really well actually. Mm-hmm. So I, I still think he'll stay around the squad. Aroua, when when Deschamps was asked about him, he was he gave a really kind of spiky answer with some sarcastic question to the uh, questioner about whether he's actually seen Fekir playing for Betis recently, and mm-hmm. he said something about you know Aroua, we we saw his performances, we also saw some things. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I got the impression from that that possibly Deschamps wasn't entirely impressed with his attitude in general and that's during what I got. the call-up. Yeah. Unless that's just because I'm not impressed with Aroua's attitude in general, so I'm sort of projecting, I'm not sure. No, I thought anyway, the same. And it was quite funny seeing on Twitter all these Arsenal fans take it personally as if he's an Arsenal player. But anyway, all of that is now irrelevant because Fekir has just pulled out of the squad with injury and Aroua's replaced him. So. Yeah, 
Yeah, isn't it weird how that happens all the time? Players are dropped at left out. They replace each other. I'm sure recently Akira was out and Awa was No, the other one around. Yeah, because yeah, when Awa had the COVID out. test. Yeah, yeah. It, it is, yeah, it is weird how that, that does seem to happen. Um, but, but yeah, nevertheless, I mean, it, it's kind of a one of those kind of one in one out situations and uh i guess we'll see i'm just looking actually um i'm just trying to recall we, it's it's um oh goodness me international wise it's uh is it is your is it euro qualifying this time i get so bloody confused no, it's the friendly against finland and then nations league portugal and sweden ah of course portugal okay yeah so that will wrap up that that's um that situation in terms of qualification or Nations League games for a while then. And then I yeah. think I'm right in saying... Yeah, the big one is that Marcus Turam's in. And, I mean, yeah. I I said previously when he was at Gangon that I didn't think he was very good. But he's been fantastic at mentioning Gladbach, to be fair. Yeah, he has. Definitely deserves a cool. And as they said, you know, it could easily have been player who was superb mm. the other day. Yeah. But Bechon said... You know, he's got a bit more flexibility with the way Turan plays, so fair enough. But they both deserve to be in and around the squad. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased for both. Like you say, I'm, I'm going to a different league and, and performing well. I've, re- I've always liked Alisson Player. I just think he's a really good little centre forward. Well, he's not little at all. He's very big, but quality centre forward. So I'm glad to see him doing so well. Um, that was the uh, the French news in terms of everything. Obviously, U21s and the ladies will be playing as well. Well, I say that, actually. We'll see what happens in terms of the, the, the world and what's going on in it currently. But uh, we'll, um, we'll save that for another time. Just a very quick look back at the weekend from last week before we go. Um, Marseille and Lens was postponed, as we mentioned last week's pod. Um, we saw a 2-1 win for Rennes over Brest, uh, De Silva and Aguirre, that lethal centre-back combination once again coming up with uh, the goods for Ren. PSG won 3-0 in Nantes. Uh, we should have mentioned actually in the PSG game, Mbappe with an injury in that game forced him off having scored a penalty. He obviously didn't fl- didn't play as a result in uh, in uh, Leipzig. Uh, and Herrera and Pablo Sarabia, who um, Pablo Sarabia also, his form has gone off a cliff. Um, but they won 3-0 in that game. St Etienne lost again. Steffi Mavididi getting the winner for Montpellier. Uh, nice, as we mentioned, uh, had a good win last weekend despite last night's result. Ronnie Lopez-Pierre, Lisa Malou and uh, Boudoui with the thirds. They won 3-0 in Angers. Dijon Lorient, nothing to see here. 0-0, although I believe there was a penalty missed in that game. Uh, well, I, I believe I, I saw it, so um, that was unfortunate. But nil nil draw. It's like their manager yesterday as well. Yes, yeah, I think that was kind of coming, wasn't it? To be fair, but they haven't had a they haven't had a great time of it. So, uh, any news on who's likely to replace him? I don't think that's been announced yet. No, there was a rumor that they interviewed Blackard, the Neem, ex Neem manager, and yeah. they offered him the job, but he didn't want it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we may have some uh, news on that this time next week. We shall see. Uh, Rams beat Strasbourg. Uh, their recent run comes to an end. Kamara and goal and uh, face with the what proved to be the winner before a Jorks penalty. Uh, it wasn't enough. Uh, another bad day for Bordeaux, who were absolutely annihilated by, by Monaco. 4-0. It could have been 14-0. Uh, we send Ben Yedda from the spot, Jelson Martins, who's started the season very well, and Kevin Volland with his first two goals for Monaco. 
destroy uh, Bordeaux. So yeah, not a good day. And the big game of the weekend uh, ended Lille won, Leon won. Quite a good watch, actually, this one Sunday night. Pretty, pretty decent game. Uh, Jonathan Bamba, once again, having a really good game and scoring the opener. Terrific goal as well. Celic with the equaliser from Awal's shot sort of deflected into his own net. And Marcelo, uh, <laughs> who'd have thought, sent off two bookable offences in a, a slightly ill-tempered game in the end. Um, but Leon parked the bus and uh, got the point from the game. So uh, I think they'll be pretty happy with that overall. In terms of the weekend's action coming up, we've got Strasbourg against Marseille, which is tonight at time of recording, Friday the 6th of November. Tomorrow, Saturday, we've got Bordeaux against Montpellier, PSG against Rennes. Brest-Lille is the first game on the Sunday. Lens-Rams on the two o'clock games, along with Lorient-Nantes, Metz-Dijon. And uh, Nîmes Angers. Did I mention Metz's result last no, week? No, you didn't. I didn't, did I? Sorry, I skipped straight through. One one nil at Nîmes. I didn't do it deliberately. I promise. That's and right. with ten men for ha- for the second half as well. Yep. Absolutely flying. Whatever next match for the Champions League. <laughs> um, nice Monaco is the four o'clock game on Friday, and of course the uh, the big game of the weekend. How do you see this one going? Lyon host Saint Etienne. Uh, game of the weekend, isn't it? The derby. Yeah, I mean it's got to be Lyon. I think. But who knows if then? Yeah, who knows with St Etienne at the moment? But yeah, I, I do wonder if Claude Puel is on slightly borrowed time because they, they were so bad again. I watched them against Montpellier and ugh, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. But we will, of course, cover that game on next week's pod. Um, just to finish, PSG are top of the league, as we know. They're clear of Lille, Rennes, Nice and Marseille in the European spots. Down at the bottom, Dijon, obviously, side to coach. Three points, Strasbourg and Nîmes are at the bottom with Nantes-Lorient, Rams and Brest looking over their shoulders. So that's where we are in terms of the week that was in France. Like I say, a bit of a shorter show this week because we're a bit pushed for time. But uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Um, the plan moving forward is we're, we're hoping to start recording a little bit earlier in the week so we can cover... Uh, a little bit more of the weekend's actions in a bit more depth. Um, So look out for that. So you may well hear from us a lot sooner uh, than you either want to or had hoped to, or hopefully you look forward to speaking to us or hearing from us again. That's, that's the plan. So uh, stay tuned to our socials for that. But um, for now, uh, Jess, thank you for, for squeezing us in today. Much appreciated. And we will speak to you very soon and uh, enjoy your French football.